The Shep Naz Podcast begins now. It's the Shep Naz Podcast, a podcast by Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ, and we're expecting great things. My name's Joey, and I get to be the host of this podcast. And today, we're going to look back before we look forward. You see, this coming Sunday is Vision Sunday at Shepherd Church, where we look forward to what God is going to do in the coming years. But before we want to do that, we want to look back at some of the great history of Shepherd Church. And a few years ago, Phyllis Reinhardt helped some members of our church put together a great history and beginning of Shepherd. So we wanted to share it with you. Here it is. Hi, I'm Lonnie Elshire. Uh, I'm a fairly new member at uh, Shepherd Nazarene, and I have been interested in finding the history. Well, it was easy to find the history from the point of view of who was pastor, but what was the individuals and what involvement did the people in the church have? That's what I've been searching for. And with the help of many people, I believe that we have put together a instrument that you will be able to see exactly how involved our people in our church has been and how involved we are today. We have several friends that were willing to share even years ago. I'm certain that you'll be excited as you hear the voices of Dr. Paul and Charlene Dozier. I hope you will enjoy this video as much as I have, being able to learn a little bit more about God's great work here at Shepherd Nazarene. Now, I was really amazed with the name for Shepherd Church. Now, being a new member there, I had come up with all ideas in my mind of how the church was named Shepherd. But can you tell us why it was called Shepherd Church? Because the Fifth Avenue Church and the Dartmouth Church was in the Shepherd community. Now, can but you it describe was spelled S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Rosie, what church did you first start at at Shepherd? I know we have Fifth Avenue, we have Dartmouth, and then our church here in Hannah. Which was your first church? Dartmouth. I was about 12 years old when I started there. Well, I tell you what, Shepherd Church of the Nazarene is the church at the foot of the hill. There is a huge hill, Dartmouth Hill. Yeah. And that was the joy of my life because I skated, I wagoned, and I even brought my mother to church on the sled because she could not walk. My mom, Charlene Dozier, she passed away in 2014. My family started going when my mom was a little girl. My dad's family also went probably about the same time. They were children in the church together. And then they were teens in the church together. And then they, of course, got married. My parents, Jim and Helen Grace, they got married in 1955 and they came to Columbus. Well, my mom was a secretary and worked downtown and she would take the bus every day to go downtown. One day when she was riding the bus, a lady sat beside her and her name was Rosemary Clay. Rosemary invited my parents to come to church on Fifth Avenue at Shepherd Church when it was on Fifth Avenue. We moved to Columbus and he said, well, let's, there's 11 churches there, we think. And this, let's go to each one of them. We, at least we want to see what they're all about. I said, well, let's start at Shepherd anyway. And we went up to about the third row from the front. And uh, the service went on as usual. And at the end of the service, said, well, folks, got some uh, 
visitors are nice. And I know these people real well. And he said, come up here, Senator, with me. He said, and we're going to take in members tonight, folks. <laughs> I said, well, uh, yes. <laughs> so he took us in right then. My dad was transferred from Indiana to Columbus. Um, and so one of the first things, of course, my mom and dad wanted to do after they found a place to live was to look for a church. Mm-hmm. That My mom had a very unique way of doing that. Mm-hmm. She opened up the Yellow Pages, and she looked to see who had Wednesday night and Sunday night service. And she liked the name Shepherd. You were the choir director. Yes. So tell me about that experience. <laughs> I think Reverend Richie picked me to direct the choir, mainly because I knew a little more about music. I didn't know how to even do my hands. <laughs> I wasn't trained for that. You just did what you had to do. Rosie Clay was always the choir director. They had to wear black skirts and white blouses and a little tie so they all looked alike. The one thing that I remember is that um, on cantata night, all of us all of us as children, we like to go in the rehearsal room because um, Norma and Ralph Finster would bring lemons because lemons were supposed to make your voice really nice and fresh. So we would all go in and get lemons. Shepherd has always, always, always been a choir church. When I first came uh, to join the choir, I was a teenager. That's when Rosie Clay was the director. That was, that was the center of our music in church then. Thing I remember about the ship when I came there, they had an organ up there, and there they bought the army surplus. It wasn't played, and I had taken piano lessons three years in high school. Rosie talked to me and got up and tried it, so I just got up on there and I just took over. <laughs> what? That I noticed uh, that there was times when you had uh, bus ministry? Yes. Our family lived on Mansfield Avenue, and my older sisters came to church on the church bus. And finally, one day, my mother decided that I could go on the bus, too. So that's how we started coming to Shepherd Church, was through the bus ministry. So my name is Scott Winfield, and I've been coming to Shepherd since 1982. And how I got started at Shepherd was the bus ministry. And at the time, it was the bus ministry because we had a 1960s bus that would drive around the neighborhoods and pick up uh, both adults and kids. I came with my older brother and my younger sister. So we would get on the bus every Sunday morning. Not only did we start that first Sunday, but that Sunday was the start of many of my friends who we stayed here since 1982 through high school and become great friends. Around the year 1945, when E.K. Ritchie came to Dartmouth Avenue and took over, what were some of the reasons that the transition began to be made to move away from that church and they realized that maybe a new location, a new venue was imminent? We were growing. Yeah. Growth. Yeah. So the church at Dartmouth Avenue became a little too small for the needs of Shepherd Church. That is when, in six months, they moved and Shepherd Church of Nazarene was then located at Fifth Avenue. From what I understand, there was a lot in the congregation that 
uh, were skilled in everything from bricklaying to block laying, and and everybody just worked and got the job done. Is that That's correct? That's right. They moved into Fifth Avenue the Easter before I was born in June. I remember that the stained glass window in the back, which is a picture of the Good Shepherd, we reproduced it when we moved to the new church. And sort of the reason for that was that um, that community was called Shepherd, and we sort of wanted to keep with the name Shepherd, and everyone loved the picture of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. There was a basement there, too. Those were where our Sunday school classes were. Tell us something about the uh, establishment of the church in Gehenna. I know that Reverend Ritchie liked this property. I think that Pastor Ritchie was looking to broaden our community because Shepherd was a as a community is very small. They had outgrown the property. And so my dad met with different businessmen. They would have show him the different plans of Columbus and of Central Ohio and what was going to happen. They knew that um, 270 was, this was going to be one of the exits of 270. Dad came out and he looked and he saw this farm and he, um, he felt like it, it was God's plan that he was here. So he went home and he said um, to my mom, Shirley, I want you to know that uh, that we found the church. I found the place for the church to be. And he said, the only problem is it's not for sale. He came up and he knocked on the Roush's door and he said, this is, you know, this is where I'm thinking maybe that it'd be a great place for a church. And so they would say, well, yeah, th- maybe that would be a great idea. The next time he'd talk to them, they'd say, no, that's not a good idea. We're not doing that. They said it wasn't for sale, but they ended up going to Reverend Ritchie. We bought the whole thing for $69,000. And when I first started going to school, um, this was a two-lane highway, so I'd walk out and catch the bus right there. And um, there, this was all cows across the street, uh-huh. so when we first moved in, the cows would keep us up. When the church came to Gehanna, my dad was on the building committee and helped, you know, go through all the meetings to build the church. And I can remember when I was a little girl going to Jefferson Elementary while the church was being built. I remember the first day we worshipped there. It was a Wednesday evening. We were in the sanctuary and everything was done in the sanctuary but the carpet. And I just remember the sound just bouncing everywhere in there that night. But we were so excited that we were in our new building. I was born when they were at the Jefferson Elementary School while they were building this church. Mm -hmm. So my joke is I was built at the same time the church was. (laughs) So the church bought the property, um, the farm property, and it Mm -hmm. goes clear down to the creek. Mm -hmm. Um, But we didn't own the property, the wooded area. And so the wooded area between the freeway and the church was owned by a man named Mr. Gallagher. And he didn't want to sell it to us for no reason. I don't know what it was. He just wouldn't sell us the property. Reverend Richie tried several times. And um, he eventually sold it to the city of Gehanna. And the city of Gehanna was doing their trails. And eventually they asked us if we would swap some of our swamp land down by the creek for the wooded land. Man, yeah. that's a what, what That's a another way. God moment. It of, sure is. Yeah, that happened, I think, when Eddie was here. And then I remember um, we had the barn, mm-hmm. and we used to have like all kinds of different parties in the the barn. So I think if I remember, the barn sat almost where the uh, 
Family Life Center was. So every year we do a haunted barn. So if you go through it and they'd have uh, quite elaborate uh, setups as well as it was a great place to hide out and, uh, when we we're supposed to be an organized activity that was a good way of uh, finding trouble. But also beside it was a softball field and uh, I, we actually were able to play uh, baseball and softball games during the uh, week sometimes. When the Family Life Center was built, that's, it was kind of an interesting thing because the barn was going away to build this Family Life Center. And I remember when that was built because we were playing basketball in there before it was even finished. The minute the concrete was laid and there was basketball hoops, we were playing there till 10 o'clock at night. Pastor Edward Ritchie was pastor at Shepherd Nazarene for around 39 years. Being such a significant man and so influential in the history of Shepherd, can anyone speak to uh, Pastor Ritchie's personality? He could yeah, be he funny. Could. Uh -huh. He could be serious. He was probably the most compassionate man I know. If anybody in the world has what they call a pastor's heart, that's what he had. He loved his family. My mom and dad met because my mom held a youth revival for Shepherd. What was his preaching style like? It was kind of long sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> he was very sure of himself when he preached. He was very confident that this is what the Lord had told him to give us. Every part of the church that was being built, my dad would have a part in. So I remember looking up there, I was just little, and I'd see my dad's uh, the, uh, flaps of his coat up there while he was standing on the steeple. What was he doing on the steeple? Uh, checking to make sure it was good. Reverend Ritchie was a really tall man. He was so gentle, so caring for, you know, for any of the families that were going through things. He would be right there for them. When I was a little girl, um, my father was killed at a gas station. He was murdered. Um, I remember that night completely because um, we were in bed sleeping and I heard Pastor Richie pounding on the, the window of the house yelling, Charlene, Charlene, get up, get up. And I remember that um, my mom went into the living room to open the door and um, I just started crying because not only was he there, but the police were there. So I was pretty sure they were taking my mom to jail. Mrs. Ritchie took me and held me on her lap because um, I was so scared. My dad must have had a premonition that something was going to happen because he had told his boss, if anything ever happens to me, don't go to my family and tell them. Go to the pastor, Pastor Ritchie, let him know, and then they will come and tell my family. After that point, when my father died, I love the way that the church family took care of my mom. I think with my dad, um, my dad loved Shepherd so much that um, I don't know where my dad ended and Shepherd began. He knew what Shepherd could do. But I want to tell you one thing that I found out because you shared it to me and you told me about being called to work. Would you <laughs> tell me that story? Well, one day I was home and the pastor called me, Pastor Ritchie, and he says, I need a secretary. I says, I'm sorry, I got two kids, I got to take care of them. He says, your kids are in school, they're most important. I need you as a secretary. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought about it, and there's no use thinking about it when it's Reverend Ritchie calling you. <laughs> you know you're going to go to work. <laughs> So I ended up being secretary. 
How many years did you serve as secretary? 35. Oh, that's short term, right? Yeah. (laughs) There have been a couple times through the history of Shepard, and for a number of reasons financially, people have actually generally made personal sacrifices to see that the church went on. At Dartmouth, uh, there's an auction. P.J. Smith. P.J. Smith? Uh Uh-huh. And he, he bought the church at auction yeah. to bring it back? He did. Save the church. Or save that church. Save the, yeah. You were in it, but it was failing yeah. financially. Right. So he basically said, I'll take the debt yes. to keep the church there. Otherwise, they would foreclose. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you go to Haman Hughes, Hughes. at Fifth Avenue. At Fifth Avenue. He's, he yeah. sold his house. Yeah, that's he? what he did, did he? Yeah. And, and he lived in this little apartment on Hamilton yeah. Road. Mm-hmm. He sold his home and, and took that money and invested it in what became the Hamilton Road Shepherd Nazarene. Yeah. Dr. Paul, did you do something like this too? Yeah, we uh, There's Ralph Fenster, Jim Grace. Did you mortgage your... Our houses there, Jim Grace and I. And so there was, there was a small group of you who took second mortgages in your home yeah. to take that money to invest in yeah. this project. Into Shepherd Church. Mm-hmm. I just think of our church as a family, and I think we still have that today in our church, but it's hard for people to see because it's so much bigger. But I, I see a lot of different little families in our church that are made of different groups. And they're not cliques. They're just people that are being the shepherd that I remember as a child being that same shepherd mm-hmm. in a smaller group. My mom was not a Bible scholar, but she was determined to be knowledgeable in her teaching, took it very seriously. So on Saturdays, if you wanted to do anything with her, it had to be Saturday morning because by Saturday afternoon, you'd find her in her family room in her house dress, sitting on the couch with her books and Bibles all spread out. And you don't want to bother her because she was getting ready for her Sunday school class. My dad was the head usher, took it very, very seriously, had a lot of pride in being the head usher. Uh, Always believed that that he had to wear a suit and tie because he was head usher. And if you were called to be an usher that week, you better wear a suit and tie because it was a very important job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we would be here, we'd come all the time, and it wasn't like we had to come here. You know, that was part of our life, you know, coming here for church. And all the people here was was, was another part of our family. I called it our church family. Mm-hmm. It was a happy time mm-hmm. in, my, in my life. Now, one of the new things with technology, and I know you're a lover of technology. (laughs) (laughs) I understand you get to watch church every Sunday. Yes, Not exactly by being there, but how do you do it? TV. TV. (laughs) All right. So you watch the live stream. Yes. My daughter comes over and sets it up for me. Well, that is wonderful. And I get to watch it. And it's so good to see the choir singing. My personal memories of Shepherd go back quite a while. Um, I grew up on this district as a kid and as a teenager and have uh, for a long part of my life lived on the Central Ohio District. And so I had lots of interaction with Shepherd. And my memories of Shepherd and my recollection of Shepherd 
was always that it was a great church and a really healthy church and had great respect and high esteem for its leaders and for the people of the church. I love that we have a school and a daycare and a basketball league that reaches out into our community. I love that we're doing one for one uh, and doing our best to make a difference for the kingdom of God all around the world. Uh, but I think maybe one of the things that I'm most excited about for Shepherd is the future. Uh, as our church, as you know, is over 90 years old, we have an incredible history. Uh, I'm so grateful for the men and the women who have served here before, and uh, I certainly don't count myself um, as worthy to be listed in, in the list of names with those men uh, and women, but uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of it. Someday when we're all sitting around in heaven, we'd meet a lot of people who came to know Jesus because of the ministries of Shepherd, and we're expecting great things. That's going to do it for our episode today. Thanks for listening. We want to make sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Please share it with a friend. As always, you can find more about what's happening at Shepherd through our website at shepnaz.org, of course, on our social media pages and through the app. And as always, you can get a hold of us at podcast at shepnaz.org. For the lovely people in the video, I'm Joey. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.